Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. you're listening you know what a lot of music right i mean something's fucked up and it was but i hopefully i've got it corralled so good wednesday morning to you on the first day of june <laughs> uh Almarin radio started in June of 2016. So June of 2022 um, <clears throat> marks 
the beginning of the seventh year of All Marine Radio. And um, to everybody that's been a part of it, um, uh, thank you for listening. Um, and for everybody who's emailed, um, thank you for uh, giving enough of a shit to even do that. Um, it's been honestly a, an incredible experience. It 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 is. All Marine Radio is born out of conversation with the therapist who says to me, he goes, you know what? He goes, <clears throat> you know, I think if you want, I can, you know, I can probably make you permanently, um, I, I don't know what the status is, um, but it says you can't work. I'm like, I don't, like, why would you say that? He said, I don't think you could, you're going to be able to work for anybody. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you have a little bit of an anger problem. I said, yeah. I said, I'm, <laughs> I'm working on it. And he says, <clears throat> he says, look, if you don't respect the person you're working with or the, wor the, the, the people you're working for, he said, and God forbid you don't respect the people that you're working with, you'll roll all over them. He said, that's not going to go well for you. It's just going to add to your anger, and at some point, you're going to have a function. He said, have you ever thought of working on your own? And I thought, uh, you know, a little bit, but, I mean, come on, I have bills to pay and shit. So, um, and Joe just walked in the garage. I have a beehive that's brewing in my backyard. Yeah. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but anyway, so I had this idea of I, I wanted to do a podcast about the Marine Corps. But, I mean, how do you make that work financially, right? So I was retiring from the Marine Corps. I'm divorced, so I'm splitting that. And it's a reserve retirement, not a regular retirement, so less. Um, and then, not to tell you too much about my life, but, um, and so I'm putting all the pieces together. And so I'm like, okay, well, if I could create something that, you know, where I could do unique stuff, I mean, maybe I could make it go financially. And uh, it does not go financially well. And so um, I'm not even, so then I started doing a second podcast, which was the one that I used to do up in North Dakota, Minnesota, right? So I put that back on the air and I was making money off that because I'd, done it up there for years right so I, I had enough people that knew me and whatnot and so um i i keep it on the air by hooker crook and people that have listened for a long time will remember like inexplicable points <laughs> where the program went off the air right and in truth, that was me getting my power shut off, right? As I scrambled to pay my bills and all the rest of the shit you do when you start a business on your own, out of your own pocket, you know? Um, I started with another person, uh, the salesperson, who promised great things and kicked it to a spouse and then quit, uh, <laughs> which only made everything worse, right? Um, so anyway, um, but I keep it afloat by hook or crook 
And um, I thought about going back to work and making my life easier. But I mean, I, I, I truly love what I do. And the responses that I would get from people about the interviews and, and the discussions were, um, and at first it was, there was always a theme of mental health involved in it. Um, but I hadn't had the experience that I would, experiences that I would have right in the first year of this thing. And then as I, as kind of Almer and radio became what it would be, um, you know, I had more and more of those conversations. And as I had more and more of them, I mean, I hear the same things over and essentially a variation of the same theme over and over and over again. And so in the second year is when, at the end of the second year is when the, the ideas of post-traumatic winning uh, begin to crystallize in my head. And it was in the May-June time frame of that year that um, I had an experience with Luke Weichel uh, and his mother Libby that changed the direction of all of this. Like I had uh, what I had, there was two goals and eight commandments of post-traumatic winning. It's now four goals and 10 commandments. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But, um, but you know, so I, I, I had the, this stuff that I thought, well, I mean, if I, I didn't know any of this stuff and it's really helped me listening and learning and all that stuff. And I know if I shared it with other people, fuck, I know it would help them because, you know, the people I know that are really struggling, they don't have serious mental illnesses. They've just gotten their asses kicked by life. And if they knew what I knew, I knew I know it will help them. I know it will. So, I mean, I'm working on this. And then Dave Furness calls me and says, would you do it for the division, Second Marine Division? I said, sure. From the first day I did it, I mean, the thing exploded in terms of the response to it. And, um, and that has happened for the last now three and a half years of doing that, um, to include last night when a Marine who saw me up in Michigan here recently doing it for RS Lansing called me and said, Hey man, I need your help with my brother. I mean, he's, he's losing his shit and I'm scared. And I said, all right. So, I mean, it was, it was a really funny conversation. And at some point, I'll bring him on, maybe, if he wants to. Um, and his brother's in the Army, and his brother's kind of upset and shit. And, uh, and so I start busting his brother's balls, right? And his brother's talking about, you know, he should be able to handle his shit, and he feels like such a pussy, and we're Marines, and everybody knows Marines are tough, and... You know, he's a pussy. And I'm like, dude, you don't need to keep saying that, okay? Seriously, stop saying that. We're Marines. We know you're a pussy. <laughs> and he's, just, he's like, what the fuck? I'm like, yeah. And I can hear his brother laughing on the other end. And, um, and so his name's Jonah, right? His first name's Jonah. And so I'm like, so I'm like, what's your name? And I mean, and he's losing his shit, man. He's having a meltdown. And he's like, Jonah. I'm like, Jonah in the belly of the whale? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, man. <laughs> and he starts laughing. But um, I'm not going to say alcohol was involved in that discussion, but it was. But um, that that's 
that meltdown, that dumbass conversation, and just saying, hey, look, man, I just want you to know there's a path for you. It's not bullshit. It's real. It will take you a place where you can help other people. Well, Jonah called me back last night. He goes, hey, man, I want to apologize. I said, dude, you don't have to apologize for shit. You are me, man. I've been in the same place. And uh, so what I want to do is I want to help you so you can help other people. He goes, dude, I, I would love to. And so last night, I mean, the conversation is is really what post-traumatic winning has been all about in my life. And that is meeting people that, you know, have gone through difficult things. Most of us, when we're really young and they fuck us up, and then we just keep adding, you know, more shit onto it. And our solution is to go get the medications and go to therapy, but it doesn't really help. And then we self-medicate with alcohol and and we isolate ourselves because we don't want anybody to know how fucked up we are. And then we go, and that is the path down into the valley of the shadow of death. And um, and then you meet, you know, and have conversations with people that are just phenomenal. And you meet people that really that 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 door for me gets opened by somebody who they know, who's seen it, and then looks at them and says hey man i want you to see something and you know i would never bullshit you about this but this dude has a message for you and it's their personal credibility that opens the door for me and so i mean i i look back today on six years of of all marine radio of uh post-traumatic winning and it has just been um the most phenomenal experience uh other than my children of my life and it and it continues like i say it continues to be so to last night and even this morning you know another story from another marine you know who is helping a friend you know text me and says hey mac this saturday morning won't work because i get up at six on saturday morning to to do a thing with he and a, a buddy of his and um and he's saving his life. And and it's just um it's just honestly amazing. And then I'll read the Daily Stoic and in May, I can't remember what the date was, Ryan Ryan Holiday writes, um, if you wanna have a great day, do something good. And you know, my life has turned into that. And um, you know, I, I think about my mom whose birthday is on the 23rd of June. And, um, you know, my dad was gone every year for eight and a half, somewhere between eight and eight and a half months uh, from the time I was a little guy. And uh, so my mom obviously was a huge presence in my life. Um, she encouraged me intellectually. She took me to the library. She, I still have books that she bought me at different places uh, when I was just a little kid. Um, she bought me a book called um, The Civil War, and it had a bunch of painted maps, tactical maps with uh, Union and Confederate soldiers on them, little individual people on it. And I would look at the creeks, and I would look at the, you know, you know, Bull Run, and I'd look at Devil's Den at Gettysburg and Plum Run, Run at Gettysburg and 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 you know, Culp's Hill and Cemetery Ridge and Seminary Ridge and 
all these things I would read about, there were these illustrations, and I used to look at that book all the time, right? She encouraged me athletically. But, you know, my mom always had a standard of conduct for me, and, and as did my the Catholic schools I went to, that I would, right, in the spirit of God, I would treat people well, and I would also achieve at everything I attempted, that I would try hard, you know? And whether it was playing sports or it was academically, but academics weren't really my thing. You know, I wish my mom could see this. I think she would be tickled pink um, for that. But yeah, so the seventh year of Ball Marine Radio. <laughs> and, uh, and even though, I mean, sometimes it's difficult for me to do this now, given the other demands of my, on my time. I mean, trying to write two books right now um, and, uh, you know, one for kids based on the experience I had when my nephews were murdered. And then, you know, you have to tell your kids, how do you, how do you make some horrible tragedy? How do you find the silver lining in that? How do you teach your children? And so that, you know, there would be a children's book about post-traumatic winning. And, um, and then, you know, just a regular book. And so sometimes it's hard for me to do this as much as I like to. And and I think you can hear it. I hope it comes through in, in the podcast. But, I mean, I, I, I still genuinely love uh, doing this. I love current events. I love, I, I love the discussions. I see things when I'm out in my life that I want to talk about. Like, let me just tell you what. In Southern California, I don't think there's a – there. I don't see anybody riding a bike. I saw one woman for the, and she's the first woman or man or kid I've seen in probably two weeks that's riding a bike that's just a pedal bike. Every bike I see somebody riding is an electric bike, right? And that means, I mean, you pedal, but it's bullshit pedaling. You're not really pedaling your ass, right? There's an electric motor in the rear sprocket that's powering the back tire. And you're just sitting, your fat ass is now a Kenny. We're so fucking weak in this country now. We don't even ride our own bikes anymore. We just put our fat asses on them and steer them. And we do that with our kids, man. Our kids. I walk by, you know, when I go, I, I, I'll walk Jack and Joe today. And uh, so it's about two and a half miles. And, you know, I walk by these, uh, I walk by a middle school and a park. You know, I grew up going to parks and playing uh, and playing baseball, or we went and played football. You know, you know what those every one of those athletic fields now they're all locked up. Now, I re I, I remember as a kid they tried to lock the fields up. Right, we would just climb the fucking fence though. It didn't stop us. You never see kids just out playing anymore. Like there's like six kids playing, you know, baseball on that diamond. You don't see that. And now we don't even pedal our fucking bikes anymore. You gotta be kidding me. So, yeah, so this is a forum for that discussion, right? The decline of Americana, right? In Uvalde, right? We saw something that, in my opinion, you're going to see more and more. Of, and that is uh, the mental health of young America sucks. Shitty parenting, shitty schools, 
right? School, schools don't require shit of kids. If you if you're listening to this and you have young kids, put them in private school as quick as you can. A private school that has discipline in it, that requires certain things of them, because the public school system is in in most places is shit. I mean, you look at the discussions and the stuff that's going on in public school today. It's a fucking joke. If you talk to teachers, they will tell you. We we don't dare fail, fail kids. It's too much work for us. It's better just to give them a D and say, fuck it, let them pass. And so Almond Radio is a forum uh, for all of that. Today, I mean, there's two really interesting stories about the Pacific. Um, one is China held a forum. Uh, and it took place over Memorial Day weekend. And um, I, I just hope everybody um, took the time to uh, remember what the weekend was all about and, and hopefully to educate the people they gathered with about uh, what Memorial Day weekend is all about. But anyway, there was a forum that took place in... In the uh, in the Pacific, and um, it didn't go well for the Chinese. And I want to talk about that. What would I call it? China's Pacific outreach. I don't know. looking for the story that I saw. Um, here's a headline. Why China has failed to secure a regional deal with Pacific nations. And that's really the news of over the weekend. Right? So it's China's Pacific Island outreach. But uh, they had a meeting and uh, leaders of Pacific nations balked at it. So that's interesting, okay? It is galvanizing New Zealand, Australia, the United States, India, Japan, right? That's the quad plus, right, to get their act together. Now today, right, um, U.S. announced uh, that a new trade initiative with Taiwan. Right, a story in the Epic Times. Let's see if Grant wrote it. No, by a guy named Frank Fang. Headline. Historic breakthrough, U.S.-Taiwan announced new trade initiative. 
from the Washington Post, 45 minutes, 54 minutes ago, U.S. and Taiwan to deepen trade ties, planned June Washington meeting. So the two pretty um, important things happened in the Pacific. But anyway, to conclude my thought, All Marine Radio has been a forum for all that, and I enjoy it. I enjoy all the people that, you know, listen and, and, uh, and then send an email or, or whatnot or help somebody because of it. It's just been, yeah, it's unbelievable six years. Anniversary day today. So uh, happy anniversary to everybody listening out there. I'm, I'm emailing Grant Newsham and asking him if he could just come on for a few minutes today. Um, and we'll see what he says. He's book writing, so it's late there. I think it's it's like midnight there, something like that. Let me just ask him, do you have 15 minutes? It'll be longer than that, but I won't tell him that. To come on live. And so... Um, <laughs> Grant, um, and I'll tell you what the other the other fun thing for me is to get a chance for everybody to meet my friends, and the, the Mensa brothers certainly are are elements of that. Um, and uh, you get a chance to uh, first of all see how smart they are. Um, I wouldn't say that to their face, but um, yeah, that they are smart. Uh, they have experiences from around the world for a long time um and they're funny as shit too and they're and and they're deep shit with their own stories you know um you know jeff's story about you know his traumatic brain injury being blown up and all that came out of that tim's story you know the bomb he dropped one day when he said he was homeless and what an incredible you know and and how he fought to you know, get his shit together and, and, you know, what he's done in his life. Uh, Will lose, losing his wife. And, uh, and you got it. You guys have all had a chance to meet them. So, so I love that part of this too. So anyway, uh, on this anniversary day, uh, the United States Marine Corps band will makes this, make this morning official. We'll see if Grant responds to my email and, uh, and then we'll check the news and, uh, and that'll be it for anniversary day. I know there probably should have been <clears throat> something other than just me doing the news, but maybe that's appropriate. Um, so happy anniversary. Good morning to you.
And uh, this is dedicated to everybody who's been impacted by uh, by this thing called All Marine Radio. Uh, to my therapist, <laughs> um, who said, hey, maybe you should work on your own, uh, who actually encouraged me to do it and then ultimately... Um, yeah, to everybody who's participated in it and been a part of it for over six years. It's been awesome. Yeah, it's been awesome. betraying your whole life if you don't say what you think and you don't say it honestly and bluntly what keeps you awake at night nothing i keep other people awake at night for this campus had prepared him well <clears throat> i'm very confident that thank you very much <clears throat> if this was vodka it'd be a lot better speech <clears throat> But I'm not supposed to glamorize alcohol anymore. So, young folks, you ignore what I just said. We just have to execute. And we are executing every day. And Sergeant Major and I are very proud of what you do. Doesn't mean we can't get better. We don't, we don't want to make a mistake to learn. We don't want to lose to learn. We cannot lose if we have to go fight. We got to do what these Marines did here 75 years ago. Persevere against difficult challenging conditions and odds to win. You gotta win. Alright, we'll check the weather real, real quick. All right, currently in Quantico, Virginia, <clears throat> it is sunny in 89. Wow. You know what that means. It's going to be hot. Um, in Cherry Point, a 
the air station, it is sunny and 88, 29 Palms, sunny and 78, Pendleton, cloudy and 63, Camp Smith in Hawaii, dark, cloudy, and 75, three weather alerts, so, so, you know we got to go check them out. High surf warning. And three more. Actually, four. So this high surf, there's a marine weather statement. There's a high surf advisory. So, yeah, cowabunga, dude. Um... In Okinawa, it is dark cloudy in 77. In Manila, that would be in the Philippines, it is dark cloudy in 80. Darwin continues cool weather. Dark cloudy 79. And in Kiev, late in the day, it is sunny and 81. At the home of All Marine Radio, it is partly cloudy and 66 right now. Looking for a high today of 73. 72 tomorrow, 73 on Friday, 72 on Saturday, 72 on Sunday. Fuck, are you kidding me? Let me just tell you, the weather here has been spectacular. I did I did a lot of yard work over the weekend, and my yard crushed it. Yeah. Got the weed whacker out. Did a little edging, mowed the front, trimmed some bushes, all that shit. But the real project was weed pulling. Adjacent to a flower bed in the backyard, along the back fence, and along the side fence. All that done. Yeah. Yard of the quarter, without a question. No shit. If I was living on base, they would just come and pump the fucking sign into my front yard, like, right now. Okay? Right now. So, yeah, that's what I did over the weekend. I I mean, actually, I I mean, I relaxed. I watched... um, I watched the Yankees play. They didn't play Monday, um, so I had Monday off, and uh, but just kind of hung out, uh, caught up on yard work. Uh, I don't even think I did that much house cleaning, and I'm pretty caught up. All my projects, I don't like. I love projects around the house. I might have invented one for myself yesterday. Um, so, and I've got the other thing is I got a bunch of emails saying, "Hey Mac, have you seen this?" This has your name written all over it. Uh, and that's this story. The VA launches, this is in Stars and Stripes. The VA launches a 20 million challenge to help reduce veteran suicide. Yeah. My experience with mental health professionals is that they hate me. And they have this feeling like um, that, I don't know, what I the what I get from them is, Oh, yeah, you and your little pep talk. I got told this by a Navy chaplain once. Yeah, Mac, we think they need more than, you know, kind of a pep talk. I said, okay. Obviously, I'm not the guy then. <clears throat> but um, I would tell you that the, the, the people that are that have brought you the mental health programs that see our numbers to continue to go up, they're a piece of the problem. You need to get rid of them. Okay. And here's the other things I would tell you. 98% of us don't have a serious mental illness. 
those are the people that you can deal with. The people that have serious mental illnesses, you need to get them the fuck out of the military. They're never going to be full up round, right? And, and to think that they'll be high-functioning people during a peer-to-peer -peer war or during any war is, is absurd. You can't ask other people to bet their life on somebody that has serious mental illness. So get them the fuck out. All right. It's part of the cost of doing business. I saw a, a, an op-ed written by somebody who suffers from depression and saying they should be allowed to serve. And, you're, and I read it like, it's not your right to serve, man. It's a serious fucking business. And we, we need people. There's a reason we don't take people that have allergies. There's a reason we, we don't take all kinds of different, you know, uh, maladies. Um, because... When you apply pressure and you take somebody to a remote situation and <clears throat> and you deprive them of sleep, it doesn't do anybody any good. And especially the people that are, you know, the people that are depending on somebody to do their job and they become non-functional because it's your fucking right, right? Yeah, it's stupid. Anyway, so, yeah, I have seen that. And, and I might need some help from somebody who's a grant writer or something like that to articulate what I do. But I've done it long enough now, into the fourth year. Uh, there's data associated with it. And um, so, yeah. And here's what, here's what I think. If you, if, you want, um, if you want a vision for what you, you could do with post-traumatic winning, post-traumatic winning is a, is, a, is a program that people ought to go through. I, I do it as a class, right, when I go do it. But I also do it as a seminar for civilians. They, you know, so the class is about three and a half hours long. When I'm unencumbered for time and I just sit down and present the material, it's about seven hours long. So the seminar, take, you know, they take, there's five different pieces, right? So I, I take the seven hours and I cut it into five pieces. The first is two hours. And then everything else is an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes or something like that. So you watch it on your own, take notes, and then we get together and we talk about it. And it's in those discussions where you hear the shit that people say, holy fuck. And you hear all the shit they say about what they live with. And, and you're like, damn, that's the same as me. Shit, maybe I could even talk about my shit. So, I mean, imagine if, if we could, if you could deliver that. And what you're going to tell people is shit that's absolutely true. Show them a path that they can walk. And then they can also help other people in their family, friends, in their community and whatnot. This is not a military thing. This isn't anybody thing. So that we could return veterans to their community with a skill set that would actually help their community. As opposed to being this poor, dysfunctional fucking veteran. Right? Whoa, what a thought, huh? What a fucking thought. So that's my vision. I don't know how I, I articulate that to the VA. So I'll try to figure that out. Um, top headlines today. Stars and Stripes. Baltic Sea Exercise may serve as prime showcase for prospective NATO members, Finland and Sweden. The question is this. What the fuck does Turkey want? Ergodan. Why is he objecting and being a dick? Right? It's going to hold us up for more money for the bases. You know, I'm I'm sick of Turkey, honestly. I'm sick of Turkey. Yeah. I was sick of Germany. 
Germany's at least shown signs of being responsible. Turkey's irritating me now, right? Another headline from Stars and Stripes. South Korean Special Forces captain charged with spying for, South, for North Korea. That's not going to go over well. Another story. Another military plane rolls off Sioux Falls runway. How does that happen? The South Dakota National Air National Guard is investigating how another of its planes rolled off a Sioux Falls runway. The Argus Leader, that's a newspaper, reported Tuesday that the F-16C Charlie variant assigned to the 114th fighter wing ran off an airport runway that afternoon after returning from a training mission. An F-16 from the same fighter wing overran a runway at the airport on May 11th. The The crew escaped injury. Okay. What's the name? I mean, these runways are what, 6,000 to 10,000 feet long? How the fuck do you do that? I'm sure there's a reasonable explanation. Oh, there's probably not. Okay. Um, the American Navy, which is screaming right, screaming to be put into receivership, right, at every, at every turn, the Navy is screaming to be put under somebody else's custodial care. Now this, top two officers in Naval Justice School fired due to a loss of confidence. Come on, man, make it stop. Make it stop. Top story in the Wall Street Journal today. Hold on, let me see if Grant emailed me. Yet. The um top story in the Wall Street Journal is US hiring demand remains strong in April. Next headline, Russian oil producers staying one step ahead of sanctions. Russia is getting oil to markets by using ship-to-ship transfers and tapping Indian refineries to hide the origins of gasoline and other products. This is very similar to how um, North Korea breaks the different embargoes, right? Ship-to-ship transfer at sea from some international um, flag vessel and um, to a Korean, North Korean flag vessel, and then they bring it to port. Yeah. Another story, uh, summer travel season beset by record gas prices. You know what? I mean, honestly, it's, it's amazing to me that the pain that every American suffers at the pump, that our government, like, the answer is buy an electric car. So I don't think when the nation continues to hear that, um, 
Here's another headline in the Wall Street Journal. Housing, child care, utilities. Nashville faces exceptional high hit from inflation on all sides. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be curious about how the election turns out because um, how you don't look at this and say, first, I mean, immediate action. Hey, look, I know what we're trying to do for the environment, okay, but nobody anticipated this war. Nobody anticipated the, the, the price of gas being as high as it's ever been in the nation, routinely over $6 here in California, right? And now... Places like Texas, $4.50. Crazy shit, right? Things that parts of the country have never seen. And I don't care where you are, but I cannot, um, I cannot allow this to continue. And so therefore, you know, in conjunction with discussions of, with my economics team and domestic oil producers and refiners, I'm going to give 15-year you know, leases, you know, exemptions, blah, 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 so that we can get through this because that's what it's going to take. But, I mean, domestically, we're not doing shit. It's amazing. Um, kind of interesting, uh, two more interesting headlines in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, documents reveal hundreds of Russian troops broke ranks over Ukraine orders. Desertions and refusals to engage in the invasion have put Moscow in a bind over how to punish service members without drawing more attention to the problem. Quote, so many people don't want to fight. Interesting. Next headline, U.S. launches initiative to boost economic ties with Taiwan. As tensions grow with China, the Biden administration is forging closer ties with Taiwan in areas such as trade and supply chain. So that was a question about the, um, the Pacific initiative that the Biden administration has. It excluded Taiwan. And then, so what, a week or two after it? Now you see an initiative with Taiwan. The problem with the the other initiative is that there's nothing that incentivizes trade with the United States. And at some point, hopefully they remedy that because um, the Chinese have their own initiative out there that's seeking to woo Pacific Islanders who are looking for money and trade and the Chinese will give it to them. So, yeah, Grant taught me all that shit. Mm-hmm. He's missing, though. Maybe he's in bed. He's always up late, though. But he has yet to respond, so. Um, from the New York Times, top headline is, Russia inches towards seizing key eastern city. The city is Sirvigdonetsk. So that is the, the prize now. Um, next headline, despite some progress, Russia is making mistakes in eastern Ukraine that it made earlier, according to U.S. officials. And... Uh, Interesting story in New York Times. The shooting in Uvalde 
has stoked disagreements among Democrats about policing. So, yeah, defund the police. I haven't followed that story too much over the weekend because it's just, I mean, it's just sickening. There's nobody in any way, shape, or form that involved in any kind of policing or law enforcement activity that does not understand that the first people on site have got to go confront the shooter. And why that did not happen there, I do not know. Okay? I do not know. And now you're seeing the federal officers begin to speak out as they, you know, I mean, I I feel... Um, what do I feel? I don't know that I feel sadness. I feel anger. And I don't know that I feel compassion. I feel compassion for the people that did what they were supposed to do and were waiting because somebody who leads them told them, no, sit here. And they are getting the wrath of not only the nation, but the world descending upon them. And so you're seeing the federal law enforcement officers who sat for 30 minutes before they went and finally said, fuck it, we're, we're just, we're going on our own. Um, they're starting to talk today, and they're talking about the confusion that was, that they saw before they went. And um, so, rough shit, man. It is the worst that life offers. When, when you fail and other people die, those other people are children, and you, you failed to, um, do what you know most observers say is the most basic thing that you should have done for reasons that are inexplicable you have to live with that and all the different ways it will affect your life can you imagine the chief of police what his family's going through what his wife i mean i can't go to the store without people saying shit to me our friends have turned against us i mean i mean all i mean but again, you have to be up to it, right? You have to be up to it. Um, from the Washington Post, job openings in April remain near record highs, according to U.S. Rep- reports. Um, water restrictions begin in Southern California amid worsening drought. A piece in the Washington Post about why gas prices are so high. Subheadline: Gas prices have more than doubled in two years. What happened? But again, nothing can happen relative to inflation until, you know, something happens with the price of gas. And if you're not going to go there, then you're fucked. So to the president, yeah, Mr. President, if you won't go there, nothing's happening. So my phone's blown up. Why it has audible messages, I'm not exactly sure. Top stories in UNSI News. U.S. warships now in the Baltic ahead of Baltops as Sweden, Finland move through NATO membership process. 
a story about Naval Justice School commander and the executive officer both relieved. Hmm. Due to a loss of confidence in their ability to command. Larson and Swaim were relieved following an assessment of the current Naval Justice System, Naval Justice School climate. Neither officer was involved in misconduct. Their relief was n will not impact the NJS mission or execution of its training schedule. Hmm. Film at 11, stand by. More coming of that. Top stories in top story in Marine Corps Times today is our dining facilities wasting money because troops don't eat there. There's another opinion piece. Written by none other than Stuart Scheller. Headline, Marine Corps debate with its generals is amusing but dangerous. Pretty interesting <clears throat> that Stu Scheller can cook off safe and say anything he fucking wants to. But when generals do the exact same thing, he talks about how dangerous it is. Interesting. Interesting. Interesting, interesting standard that, that he applies to the world no matter what his opinion is. Uh, top five stories in early bird today. Five missiles hit Iraqi base, hosting U.S. troops with no casualties. Now, again, I don't know how many times, what is this, maybe the fifth time, they will be shot by Iranian-sponsored militia, no doubt. So here's the story. At least five missiles hit a sprawling Iraqi army base, hosting U.S. troops in the country's western desert. That is al-Assad. <clears throat> On Monday, the officials said the Grad missile struck inside the Al-Assad base in Iraq's western Al-Anbar province caused minor damages, minor damage, no casualties. The culprits were not immediately known, but the U.S. has previously accused Iranian-backed Iraqi militia groups of targeting the American presence in Iraq, including the U.S. embassy in Baghdad. Now, again... In March, Iran attacked Iraq's northern city of Erbil with a dozen ballistic missiles. So, I mean, they've targeted, you know, uh, we evacuated a base that the Iranians were going to target because the Israelis warned us. There was no response to that. Why? Oh, let me guess. The administration is cutting a deal with the Iranians. Mac, you're so cynical. Yeah, right. Um, next story. VA hospital denied emergency care to dying vet because staff couldn't verify his military service. Nice. Um, not surprised, though. Sexual misconduct prevention in the Army is disjointed and unclear, 
according to a watchdog. A sweeping new government watchdog report released last week says the Army needs to speed up progress on reforming its sexual harassment, sexual assault response and prevention programs, more commonly known as SHARP. Uh, Next headline. U.S. expected to send medium-range rockets to Ukraine. And then the fifth story is Justice School Guys Relieved. The Associated Press story is written by Lolita Baldor, who writes on national security issues for for the Associated Press. The Biden administration is expected to announce it will send Ukraine a, what's the dateline on the story, May 31st, so yesterday, um, a small number of high-tech, medium-range rocket systems, a critical weapon that Ukrainian leaders have been begging for as they struggle to stall Russian progress in the Donbass region. The U.S. plan tries to strike a balance between the desire to help Ukraine battle the Russian military while not providing arms that could allow Ukraine to hit targets deep inside Russia and trigger an escalation of the war. President Joe Biden on Monday said the U.S. would not send Ukraine a rocket system that can strike into Russia. Any weapon system can shoot into Russia if it's close enough to the border. The aid package expected to be unveiled Wednesday would send what the U.S. considers medium-range rockets that generally can travel about 45 kilometers, I'm sorry, 45 miles or 70 kilometers. The expectation is that Ukraine could use the rockets in the eastern Donbass region where they would intercept both Russian artillery and take out Russian positions in towns where fighting is intense, such as Severodonetsk. So, yeah, the United States. And again, that's not a bullshit line, right? The line at which Vladimir Putin begins to shoot nuclear weapons. It's a line that you have to respect, whether you like it or not. Guess who just replied? That's right. The one and only Grant Newsham. So, give me a second. Joe's outside barking to threaten Joe. Yeah. With extermination from the planet. He knows, too, by the tone of my voice. Knock it the fuck off, Joe. Um, yeah. And then I, then I utter some threat to him. And he normally runs, he runs away. Yeah. Yeah, hello, Grant here. Joining me is my on-call guest, Grant Newsham. Grant, how are you? Oops, uh, hang on. What? We're live. You can't do this shit. Come on. Okay, sorry. I am right. having technical difficulties. Really? Spoken like a true Virginia, right? Gentrified human being. Uh, first of all, um, how is the crushing heat and humidity of Taiwan treating your seersucker suit, Grant? Um, well, I've got a closet full of seersucker suit. <laughs> So I can, um, I'm always uh, in good shape. This we know, okay? This we know. Um, I There's a couple of stories I found that are pretty interesting. Uh, 
Um, the first one I want to talk about is a Chinese initiative that evidently did it go according to plan? Uh, did it not go according to plan? Because I saw that there was a lukewarm reception and no real resolution came out of their little event here held over the last few days. Um, am I reading something wrong or can you explain what happened? Um, well, you, you're half right, half wrong. What? Uh, so is everybody on this. Um, yeah, the Chinese sent their foreign minister, uh, a guy named Wang Yi, to, uh, to s the South Pacific. And he met, he visited a number of countries and met with um, some other leaders virtually. Um, and, you know, for example, he went to, where was it, uh, Solomon Islands, Fiji, uh, Tonga, I think, Kiribati, Vanuatu, um, and I think Timor he's headed to if he hasn't been there already. Uh, and But the idea was that China has this comprehensive plan for these countries. And the idea was they would all sign this common agreement with China that they would cooperate on economics and cultural stuff and security and police, law enforcement, etc. The whole thing. And the Chinese, you know, the idea was that everybody would say, yeah, this is great. Where do we sign up? And instead, as you said, the uh, response was not quite like that. Uh, in uh, Fiji, for example, the, uh, the president um, pretty much said, no, uh, we're not going to do sign this thing. And the, also, the president of Federated States of Micronesia, or Micronesia, a fellow named um, Panuelos, he wrote a, a letter, which I recommend everybody find it and read it. And it was a letter to all his Pacific Island uh, counterparts saying what the Chinese are proposing is dangerous. We shouldn't do it. That's what he said. And he also said, I'm not going to sell out for 30 pieces of silver. Uh, and this was a courageous thing. The letter itself is very well written, and it's one of the best I've ever read. But it was a courageous thing he did. He was standing up really for his people, but um, he was also giving the Americans some time to do the right thing. Uh, because America has these agreements with Micronesia, Marshall Islands, and Palau, the so-called COFA states the compact of free association that these countries have with America, that America gives them money and the right to live in the U.S. in exchange for America having exclusive ac rights to military access to their countries. And it is really what underpins our relationship in the in the or our position in the in the Pacific. Uh, these agreements need to be renewed because they're expiring. And the people really depend on this money, these countries do. And it's a, it's a pittance, it's just nothing. And the United States cannot bring itself to conclude these deals. Uh, it, it's, this the last administration understood it, tried to do something, couldn't get it done. This administration has just been breathtakingly incompetent uh, in their handling of this issue. And it, it's just, it's so bad that 
in marine terms, any officer who had performed this poorly would be relieved for cause and probably drummed out of the service. Um, but anyway, the Chinese didn't get this blanket agreement that they wanted. You know, this idea of having 10 Pacific nations really formally state, you know, we're with you, China. And, you know, and, and implicitly, we don't really care so much about America, Australia, etc. cetera. Uh, and, but the thing is, so they didn't get it. So much of the press reporting and the commentariat, they were initially saying, well, China lost, you know, the game's, you know, they failed, the game's over, nobody wants them. Um, but what they don't realize is that China already has such deep inroads into every one of these countries that all they have to do is keep trying. And right. China said, well, we'll just keep negotiating, work out the work out the problems. And also note that Tonga did sign an agreement with as individual agreement with China on these grounds, you know, the, you know, law enforcement, security, uh, disaster relief, uh, economic ties, because China already has such deep ties in Tonga. So Tonga signed it. So that's a success. And do keep in mind that Tonga begged the Americans to please come and set up uh, a U.S. Marine training center in Tonga in 2021. They, be they specifically said, we want the Marines to come. U.S. response, U.S. military's response, nah, we're busy, not interested. And look what's happened, you know, way to go. Um, and Kiribati, or the other Tarawa, they too have signed an agreement with the Chinese. So it isn't as if everybody said no. They might have held off on signing a comprehensive agreement along with all their partners. But uh, China did, they moved the ball forward. And they will, they, so they've been there 30 years. This has been a 30-year effort they've been doing. They have really ensconced themselves uh, into these nations in every respect and say they are coming. And so this is the end of nothing. Uh, it's really, uh, you know, so I don't, you know, it's, I suppose it gives you a temporary relief or sort of uh, instead of the firing squad showing up in the morning, it's maybe kind of come the next day. Uh, so it's just a, a, so that's a long explanation of it, but it's not at all uh, anything to sort of relax over. You've been pretty consistent, whether you're talking about North Korea's drive to get um, uh, put a nuclear warhead on a ballistic missile that, you know, hey, look, if you look at their failures as an endpoint and like, oh, this is good. You're, you're not seeing the larger picture that this is simply another step on their path to getting what they want. And, and you said that repeatedly about China, that even China's time frame and, and, and the way they view this is much different than ours. And that, that although this may be, you know, a step sideways, maybe, you know, arguably a step backwards for them, that they will learn what they need to learn from that. And they will somehow find a way to make uh, further inroads because uh, they know what works uh, in these parts, parts of the world. And that is money works. Right. And and that is we've seen it in the Philippines. Um, and so now it's a consistent theme that you've made us wise about. Um, yeah, that, and that's you, you see, it's an equation. You see the, the process play out all the time. Uh, and it's you, know, you show up with your commercial interests. You have real Chinese come. You uh, do business. You build stuff that creates political influence. You grease it all with 
bribes and scholarships and build the Speaker of the Parliament's uh, new house. Uh, and you just deepen these ties over time. And you're the only show in town, practically. Um, or the other people who are doing things, like the Australians, the Americans, the Japanese, are they're not getting the real credit for it. So it looks like, chi and, and you, it is Chinese people on the ground in large enough numbers. So it looks like China is the one that's really paying attention to you. Uh, and the other side, they, you know, they sort of, um, they just sort of dribble out uh, support or they, it's just hard to get help from them, even though they do so much, but they do a very poor job of applying the aid, the help, the presence uh, consistently into effect. Uh, so, so this and, you know, you hear all this talk about, well, we don't want the Chinese to get the fishing industries um, you know, in these places. Well, they've already got them in most of these places. Uh, this was in 2010. The, the U.S. Embassy in the Marshall Islands, you know, noted that China has a vertical lock on the Marshall Island, excuse me, the micro in Micronesia. Uh, well, they do on the Marshall Islands, too, but they they have a vertical lock on the Mar the Micronesian fishing industry. And that has been so that's a long time ago and they haven't let up. But so they it's you know, people are just seem to sort of be waking up or paying attention for, you know, until the next disaster hits in Ukraine or the Middle East or somewhere uh, or Milwaukee. Uh, and. You know, so the, the Chinese, they've always been there. They will keep pushing until you know, there, there is a, you know, sort of a, a some effective approach, a response to it. And a good first start would be to for America to renew those agreements by the end of June. If they don't do it, those agreements with the three countries that uh, that are aligned with us, if we don't do it by the end of June, we simply are not serious. I would suggest that the U.S. official in charge of this in Asian affairs should resign in protest, if nothing else, uh, if out of decency, if not out of protest. Um, that's how bad this is. You know, I cannot overstate, I just can't overstate what we are seeing happen. Uh, it, it is just, it's a watching somebody fall, slide off, not just slide off a roof, uh, but run to the edge of it and leap off with a, you know, a swan dive. Uh, that's or like some guy, you know, doing a cannonball off the diving board at the KBO club or something like that. It's that bad. Uh, you know, I just don't know what to say. One almost despairs. And the, the, the three guys that run these countries, I'll bet you, and in fact, I'm pretty sure it's true, they each have a blank check from China on their desks, and they have refused to sign them uh, because they like America, they want to be with America, and they're just hoping that somehow... You know, we give them at least a little bit of the same decent treatment that we would give an Afghan drug lord. You know, if these guys were, say, if these guys were Afghan criminals, you'd have C-17s full of $100 bills headed their way all, a long time ago. Uh, but with us, we can't find this tiny amount of money that's required. So, yeah. You, yeah, you don't get that fired up about most things. You tend to be more, but this thing... I keep asking you if you can give me a reason why we don't have a Pacific initiative, why in spite of all the talk uh, that we still, you know, we even roll out this grand uh, Pacific initiative that includes no incentives to do business in the United States. 
And so my question is always to you, what is the reason? And as a podcast expert, you singularly fail in providing one. And my my assertion is there's so much money that comes out of China that it has corrupted our ability to do the right thing. And that comes via Wall Street. And that comes via all those campaign contributions. There's no appetite to reform that without stepping on that cash on on that pipeline i I don't see another um i don't see another um i don't see uh, you know follow the money thing and i I don't see another good explanation do you well i've mentioned it before i you know i think there's you know government the, the government official is speaking generally that we all know that um and the people who handle Pacific Affairs are not people who do things. Uh, they talk about things, they give speeches, they hold strategic dialogues, but they don't actually get things done. I mean, they don't have some something where you say, this. we have to accomplish this, so we are going to do this, 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 and this, and, and, this is, and I'm going to go do it. You know, I'm going to have my guys go do it. We are going to do these things to make it happen. Uh, and it, it you know, gets a little harder in the Pacific because... Uh, these places are not, you know, from a like an MBA student's standpoint, are not obviously lucrative. It's, it seems like there's places where there's more money to be made or it's easier to do uh, business. But what that means is you find the kind of guys who can, who, who can get the economic end done. Um, but the average foreign service officer, the average diplomat, not a chance. The average DOD uh, official, not a chance. And then the military does their, you know, they don't aren't even paying that much attention either. Uh, they do engagements and this and that, but they're like the Harlem Globetrotters showing up, putting on a great show and then going home. You know, people enjoy it while they're there, maybe, and then they're gone. Uh, but we have never taken the the middle of the Pacific seriously. Uh, we focus on the edges of it, uh, but we've squandered opportunities, and we do not. As I said, we it's the military has is just as much to blame uh, as the sort of the civilian end of our government. But you know, as I said, I think there is an aspect of it is that you know the kind of people who run the show just aren't people who get stuff done. They hold meetings uh, and discussions and write essays for foreign affairs, but they they can't actually go out and get a fish plant. Uh, built that employs 25 Micronesians. You know, they have no idea how to do that. And then they complain, well, business doesn't come. Well, maybe if you actually found some people who, like, understand business and how you get it done in the islands and put them to work, that might be helpful. There are a few very good government people um, who do understand this, but I don't believe any of them are anywhere near uh, the Pacific now. And there, there's so few of them that it really is striking. Um, but it's so it's, you know, I, I don't know quite what the reason is. It's but whatever it is, I know what the results are. Uh, switch gears. Um, the uh, talk to me about the, this Taiwan economic agreement between the United States uh, that it announces two weeks after that and announces the rest of its its its. Um, Pacific Initiative. Um, what do you make of of uh, of this story today about this initiative? That is, uh, I'll read you some headlines. U.S. Taiwan launched trade talks in challenge to China. Uh, 
from the South China Morning Post, U.S.-Taiwan trade initiative signals a shift in approach, according to analysis. Epic Times, historic breakthrough, U.S.-Taiwan announced new trade initiative. Uh, what say ye about this? Well, I think it's a game changer. Now, everything's a game changer. But <laughs> no, it's something that should have been done years ago. Uh, or if not years, at least a couple of years ago, and it could have been done with a little effort. Uh, so it's a good thing. Let's see what it leads to. And as I say, let's wait, let's wait three months, see how much progress there's been. If all they have agreed to do is to keep talking, uh, then I won't be impressed. Uh, this needs to be done quickly. Uh, but it's a good thing, you know, the basic idea. Uh, I thought more interesting was uh, Congresswoman Duckworth was in town and there's a report in the paper that the it appears that somehow American National Guard, something or other, is going to cooperate with Taiwan's military. That would be a big deal um, if it's done, if it happens, and if it's done right. But it was it did hit the press, so that was kind of interesting. You know, we'll see what comes of that. Got it. Got it. The um. Game changer. Oh, um, that's what you said. So we could take that well, to the I, bank. I game changer. Because you know how everything's a game changer. <laughs> you know, I, I no, I mean you don't use that term. I mean, you uh, you, uh, you use it hypothetically. You know, this would be a game changer, but you never use it. I've rarely. I don't know if I've ever heard you apply it to an actual event that's happened. Oh no! Well, I think I've. Um, uh, used up my ridicule quota for the day. You know what? So you, uh, couldn't tell the, you have a but, deep reservoir of ridicule in you, Grant. And when, uh, when, and whenever I think you've reached your capacity, you always, much yeah. like Dave McNally, reach back and get a little bit extra in order to get it done. No, no, more like Mike Cuellar. But the uh, no, actually, like Jim Palmer. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. yeah, and much better looking, too, I might add. <laughs> Jim Palmer, who never wore a hat in a dugout, uh, I might add. Um, the um, But no, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, big history as the United States. That's the confrontation, and that's the poke in the chest, right, that people have been waiting for, that, you know, for the United States, as you said, during the Trump administration, to stand up on its hind legs and say, no, we're not actually going to have this. And... Um, I only wish the president would have walked back his would not have the White House would not want to walk back the president's statement that we would defend China and the Japanese, you know, prime former prime minister Abe has essentially said the same things, um, you know, very bluntly. It's time for strategic strategic ambiguity to go away. So there is no miscalculation on the part of the Chinese because Taiwan's fate is Japan's fate. And so it's been very interesting to watch all of that. And now to, to, to see this today and to hear you say game changer. Well, but when I said game changer, you know, I, I didn't really mean it. You know, um, it's it's interesting. And now let's see what they do. But you know, when I say game changers, remember how we used to hear that used all the time? Right. In like with the Iraq and Afghan business. That I remember at the early part of Iraq that reading a story about 10th Mountain Division was going to send snipers to Iraq. Right. And this was a game changer because snipers can shoot people from a thousand meters away. I'm not making this up. 
you know, we just see one game changer after another, something. That, and of course, it wasn't a game changer. Right. But we, we hear it all the time. So I, I don't get to use the, ch- the word as often as I would like. But um, but the, the, it, it's, it's interest, all interesting and nice. But uh, if it, it'd be like um, claiming that the failure of the Chinese to get that deal signed was a game changer. Now it was very interesting, but it's uh, let's see what happens now. The um, the other story I'll ask you about, and then I'll let you go back to sleep. Is and I appreciate you getting up in the middle of the night, right? Um, I, even though you do have a Hemingway ish lifestyle, uh, Hemingway Hemingway esque lifestyle. Um, yeah, yeah, I had to go get another whiskey. <laughs> exactly as yeah, you no as you compose your book. I know you're on the, I know you have like a little bit of pressure relative to your book. So, um, the fishing dispute, President Marcos coming into office, uh, and all of a sudden the fishing dispute is, is heating up in the South China Sea between Taiwan and the Philippines. Um, why? That's a good question. Yeah, it's, you know, I don't know if somebody's picking a fight, um, but there's always been a lot of tension uh, between the nations down there overfishing. Uh, and you can make it as hard as you, you know, as you want it to be. Like the Taiwanese and the Japanese used to have big problems over it. And then a while back, they cut a deal. It wasn't all that long ago, and it sort of works out. Um, but I don't read too much into it just yet. Uh, just just because there's always a lot of um, back and forth over who can fish where and who's taking too much stuff. And, you know, so you don't have to see how it plays out. The Department of Foreign Affairs has filed a diplomatic protest against China's unilateral imposition of a three and a half month fishing ban in the South China Sea, saying the, the, pro, the prohibition encroaches into parts of the Philippines economic exclusion zone in a diplomatic note dated may 30th the department of foreign affairs or the dfa as it's known in the philippines conveyed its protests to the moratorium which runs from may 1 to august 16th covers areas in the west philippine sea over which the philippine has sovereignty foreign sovereign rights and jurisdiction that ironed out in a dispute right that was adjudicated by what the international Court of the High Seas, uh, no, the Permanent Court of Arbitration in The Hague, that would be in the Netherlands, right? And so this is the continuation of, uh, of this fight. Mm-hmm. Well, the Chinese have regularly for years announced a suspension of fishing uh, that applies allegedly, you know, certainly they can enforce it to their people, but they've applied it to everybody, but they just haven't enforced it or been able to enforce it as effectively as they would like, they're getting more capable of that. Uh, so this this um, suspension is a, it's almost an annual thing, as I recall. Uh, so that's sort of a context in which to, to look at it. It's because they, you know, China, of course, claims the entire South China Sea and everyone else who knows that's wrong, you know, doesn't like it or try they don't try to follow obey the chinese uh, so i say that's just some context but the the chinese fisher fleet does it vacuums the ocean 
anywhere it goes. And it's not just in the South China Sea uh, that they've got some, that they do this, but uh, they um, have, it'd be nice if the Chinese fishing fleet went away. The fish would be very happy because uh, at some point they're going to catch them all. Um, where do I find the letter that was written by, who wrote the letter that you, you alluded to earlier? President of Micronesia, Federated States of Micronesia, and President Panuelos, P-A-N-U-E-L-O-S, I believe. And it should be on the internet, um, his letter to uh, Pacific Island leaders. Uh, it, so I've seen it around here and there, but it's really good. Um, and you know, say it kind of, it, you should you know, make you cringe as an American. Uh, and certainly, if you were an American with any responsibility for the region, it would, whatever more than cringe is, that I mean, it is a very, very well stated um, letter. I think I found it. Um, the headline I saw was, I think, in the Washington Post, China's Wang Yi fails to complete Pacific Island deal. Um that's the first part of the headline, but still seeks to boost regional influence. So that's the that's the headline that I saw that kind of uh, made me think about it. Um, well, I, you know, I followed the re the reactions to it amongst the the reporters and the people who think about these things, and and it all has been this great relief that China failed, and that's it. Right. Not, not you know, not at all. Uh, they'll be back. <laughs> you know, that's the line, that's the phrase that came into my head. Um, they'll be back. David Ben Fuelo? How do you say his name? Ben Benulo? Panuelos? Benuelo. There you go. You should see his signature. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. What <laughs> the hell is that? He clearly didn't go to Catholic school. No, it's pretty impressive, though. I thought. Oh my God! It's uh, let me tell you, it's worth, worth looking at the letter just to see his signature. Yeah, Benuela. All right, Grant. First of all, I appreciate you uh, hopping on on short notice. Um, all three, you know, um, those two stories. I think the 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 quote unquote game changing agreement with Taiwan, in my opinion, which puts. Um, strategic ambiguity on life support. Um, and and then the next piece of this is um, in terms of uh, munitions that get sold to uh, Taiwan, um, it'll be very interesting to see what the world does with that um, because the world is tripping over itself to get ordnance into uh, Ukraine. And it'll be interesting to see what they do relative to Taiwan as Taiwan uh, looks to you know, address its own defense and as this thing moves down range. So uh, thank you very much for doing this. Any final thoughts? No, I'm, you know, I like these short notice things. They're kind of like a game changing. Uh, <laughs> well, now that I know that I, I'll, I will, you know me, I'll abuse the shit out of it. Uh, well, anytime. I'm nice right. to feel uh, wanted. All right. Thank you, Grant. Okay, sure. Mm -hmm. Here. Bye. Grant Newsham, how about that? The letter starts out like this. My dear Pacific brothers and sisters, I bring you warmest greetings from the paradise in our backyards, the Federated States of Micronesia. 
At the outset, I wish to emphasize my deepest respect to you, your office, to your government people. The people of the Federated States of Micronesia collectively wish for your people's good health and prosperity and extends to you all that which we seek, peace, friendship, cooperation, and love in our common humanity. He goes on today, I wish to bring to your attention I respectfully and humbly solicit your kind attention to what I wish to share with you, which I believe is a single most game-changing proposed. Grant didn't know. <laughs> he couldn't know, remember that this was in the letter. Proposed agreement in the Pacific in any of our lifetimes. He goes on. One of these documents, the China-Pacific Island Country's Common Development Vision, essentially amounts to a pre-written and predetermined joint communique or outcomes document of the meeting, and the other is a five-year plan for implementing the outcomes into action. Brothers and sisters, if you have not already, it is worth reviewing the attached documents before reading the rest of my letter. Presuming that you are familiar with the contents, I shall summarize each of them. And then he goes on to summarize. My dear brothers and sisters, I asked every member of my cabinet, as well as all of my nation's diplomatic corps, what they thought of China's proposed agreement, which, though not legally binding, is demonstrative, is demonstrative of China's intention to shift Pacific allegiances in their direction. My cabinet recommended to me serious caution regarding China's developing a maritime spatial plan on behalf of the Pacific and that the vision of China PICS free trade area is disingenuous. Whoa, uses the word disingenuous to describe the Chinese. It is suggested that Federated States of Micronesia should maintain its own bilateral agenda for development and engagement with China, and that we should make sure nothing gives China the idea that they can do whatever, marine research, security arrangements, business investments in the Federated States of Micronesia at their will and at any time. It is suggested to me it is high time for the Federated States of Micronesia to begin resisting the initiatives within these documents, which are in support of China's hidden agenda. It is noted that, quote, we should be cautious to let China get their feet too far into our nation. Wow. So <clears throat> I will post a link to this. Um, pretty interesting, pretty interesting letter, um, I might add. So anyway. On this uh, day when we start year seven of All Marine Radio, my thanks to Grant for coming on. That'll do it. This program will repeat itself as soon as I flip it around. So, um, and again, year seven. Who would have thought? So, thanks for listening. Uh, I'll say it again. Thanks to Grant for hopping on very quickly. Um, in an unannounced visit that he said he quite enjoyed. So um, have a great one. If you want to have a great day, do something good for somebody. 
There you go. A little life advice from your friends here at All Marine Radio. If I can help you help somebody, do not fucking hesitate. Call me. Oh, happy anniversary. Give me one second to 